Good morning, good morning. Conversations with Alaskan Gardeners on the air. Swan song for the year. This is the end of our season, and we are looking forward to another Saturday morning. Okay. It's going to be great. Yes. Absolutely great. It makes me itch to go out and plant things today. Really? Yep. Just well, look I've at it out there. Well, I've been doing it all week. You could have joined Just, me at any time, Dave. Well, I was otherwise occupied, I might yeah. say. Yeah, well, it wasn't as nice as it is today. No, it's going to be just a beautiful day today for this. And to celebrate Landscape Alaska is having another weekend special. So, uh, What's on special this week? Catsura uh, trees, uh, tree form hydrangeas, and the, bush form hydrangeas. What about the creeping blueberries? And the creeping blueberries They're from Maine. They're a fabulous plant. They I, you truly know, people, are. people... It, it, it's the kind of plant that you can plant in your garden and you'll only enjoy it more as time goes by. It's true it's not like our big blueberries and it is down low, but it makes a fabulous ground cover. And it's solid. It's, it, it really squeezes out the weeds, which it is really what I does. always look at is let's, let's not have weeds. And uh, it grows kind of like a heather in that it doesn't get very tall, but it spreads out and has lots of texture and color. And the berries are delicious. And right now, it's beginning to show its fall color, and it's turning red, red, red. It's really pretty. For those of you that are not on our email list, every week we send out a list of specials, what's going to happen this weekend. And on this week's uh, electronic missive, I've included a picture of this, this uh, blueberry turning red, and it is stunning what color it is. If you want to get on my list, send me an email, landscapealaska at gmail, and I'll add you to it. But you know, the gardens that I've planted that in, you know, 15, 20 years ago, they're just spectacular. They are. And, the and they're great for the top of a rock garden, you know, where you have big hairy rocks going down a driveway or something and let them creep over that because they will just climb right on over and down and they just look great. I was thinking of the one on uh, Capitol View Drive where it has the big rocks along the driveway and you put it in the cracks in between the rocks. And mm -hmm. it's, been, it's been 20 years, 15 or 20 years for that garden. We got them as four-inch pots then. Uh -huh. We have a phone call. Oh, good morning, conversations. Hello. Hello. Hello, this morning. Um, I'd like to know, I have a greenhouse. However, I'd like to know, can you grow... Avocados in a greenhouse? I'll get off the phone so you can tell us. Sure. Well, you'll need to have both heat and light if you have a greenhouse. A greenhouse is a structure, but avocados can't get cold. You know, so even if you have a greenhouse, you'd have to put something in it to make it hot, and you'd have to put something in it to make it bright. So people do. You know, people grow anything in a greenhouse here. There are orchid growers. There are tropical fruit growers. There are all kinds of of rose growers here that all have greenhouses and all do that stuff. But yes, the answer is both yes and no. How about that? <laughs> Sounds just okay. like you, Dave. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Yes, but. Okay. Thanks for calling. Yes, and the idea of growing avocados in Alaska is very attractive. And they're beautiful. I was in the Heritage Coffee Shop yesterday and do you remember when we had our flower store in the entrance to the, yeah, yeah. the Merchant's Wharf and uh -huh. the, and the uh, Emporium. Emporium, that's right. And they had that big coffee bush. They've mm -hmm. still got that same big coffee tree, and it is huge now, just absolutely huge and glistening and looks so beautiful. But it doesn't make coffee beans. I have no idea. I know it, but it's, it's 
eight, cool. eight or ten feet tall. Mm-hmm. That's right. I'm big as an interior plant. It just looks great. And you know, it doesn't need an awful lot of bright light. It would be a nice interior plant. And and uh, I bet it even smells. I don't have any idea. No idea whatsoever. Anyway, I have a question for you, Margaret. Okay. So uh, as uh, this is something that kind of resonates through our work all the time. Can you talk for a, a minute or so or even longer about Usually how... It's, will you talk less, Margaret? Not, will you talk longer? <laughs> oh, well. well how, about, how about how uh, how the need for maintenance should drive design? Well, you know, often when people think about, oh, I, I want a landscape design or I want to redesign my landscape or I... You know, they start at the wrong end of the process. They start it at the, I like the picture in this magazine, and I want to have something that looks like this. But in reality, you have to look at the location, location, location of where you are, and you need to organize your plants so that over time you have, your ground gets covered by plant material that are not weeds. And that's really what landscape maintenance is really about. It's keeping it clean, keeping it neat and tidy, keeping your plants fed, and having it always be aesthetically pleasing uh, by giving it good care. There's all kinds of maintenance. You know, sometimes it's about pruning. Sometimes it's about fixing damage. Sometimes it's about weeding. But the less weeding you do, over time, the happier as a gardener you are because you can spend time planting. Mm-hmm. Let's put in those planting or enjoying or cultivating or even picking. Right. I always think that that weeding is uh, evidence of poor design. Absolutely. You should and, lay it out so that you have less maintenance every year rather and, than more. And people who think that using landscape fabric is the answer are uh, misguided because landscape fabric is a a concept that over time falls apart and the weeds just grow on top of it. And the weeds are still alive underneath it. So even though you've scraped off the surface, the roots are still there and uh, they're coming back. That's right. Without- and they blow in <laughs> and they, you don't have a ground cover other than bark or something like that or gravel. Gravel is absolutely the worst because seeds just love to germinate in gravel. Um, I take care of the hotel. It's got all this big cobble. It's just a nightmare. And uh, some people think using chemicals is the way. Well, I don't. I don't use chemicals. You know, I care too much about our environment to do that. Plus, Everybody gets to do their own, but that's not what I do. And so, when it comes to maintenance, maintenance is driven by covering your ground with pretty low-spreading shrubs that don't get any bigger than a foot and a half or two feet at the most and get three feet wide and cover the ground with plants as much as possible so you don't have to have weeds. Cut the sunlight off to the ground. Fill it up. And fill it up. Nature abhors a vacuum. Fill it up. That's why I always call it the Eagle Crest method. And people think about Eagle Crest as when it's covered in snow. But when you go up there in the summertime, it's just dense berries creeping over the surface and there's the only place that you see any weeds is at the edge of the parking lot there's no weeds on the mountain you know only where it's been damaged by a machine or something like that it's just covered in, in uh, beautiful berries that's right low fruiting shrubbery 
Oh, good morning, Conversations. Is there someone there? Good morning. Good morning. When could you stop mowing lawns in the fall? As soon as you can. (laughs) 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 But... um, it has, tell you to, on the air. it has to do with when was the last time you fertilized it and is it still growing? Because you don't want your lawns to get tall and not keep them mowed. So you want to go into winter with a short lawn. And eventually when the ground starts freezing, it will stop growing. But up until then, it's going to keep growing. Not very fast because it's not thriving. But like this last two weeks I haven't been able to mow because the ground's so saturated that my mowers are too heavy to to go over the top of the places I maintain so that also causes problems um, the muddier your your ground is the harder it is for you to keep your lawns mowed so but keeping them mowed is a good thing because it does help keep them healthier right probably the answer would be when you can't well, it, you get farther apart, you know, where you might have mowed once a week. You can probably go once every two weeks or once every 10 days, something like that. Right. I guess you should mow as long as you have to. That's what I'm saying. Uh-huh. And one, another thing about that is that as the leaves come down, the mower is one of the most efficient ways of cleaning that stuff up. Yeah. Well, you have to you still, if you have big leaves like maples, you have to rake them up and then the broken pieces you can mow in. It's best to pick trees that have small leaves that let the wind blow them away. <laughs> That's absolutely I mean, true. You know, in terms of maintenance, uh, big leaf trees, as pretty as they are, the older they get, the bigger they are, and the harder it is to maintain them. Because, like last year when it snowed and the leaves weren't off the trees, you know, you have broken branches and all kinds of damage that come from that scenario. And you saw pictures out of Anchorage from the snow that they got last week, you know, and the trees hadn't dropped their leaves. Well, all that snow just bends those trees over. So we're getting off topic, but still. But it's still part of the same thing. Yeah. You know, the maintenance is not just about weeding. Maintenance is also about raking leaves. And, maintenance and mowing is also and staying about on mowing. top of it right. and keeping your lawn fed and, you know, doing all of that. And when you design it, you have the budget of the money that you're going to spend. There's also the, the budget time. of time. Mm-hmm. How much time do you want to invest in it? Well, this plus, is, as a business, you're doing it for someone else. And they don't want to pay somebody to do a bad job. So you have to be dedicated to always staying on top of your schedule so that their lawn always looks great. Absolutely. Or their leaves have been raked. Or or their rhododendron bed looks fine and there's not... not uh, Right. Big disease branches. And that you oh. fertilize things on time and all of that. Uh, staying on top of that. And particularly in an area like this where it rains so much and the the mineral elements and the fertilizer elements get washed on downstream. Think it rains here? I was I was in the rain last week, I think. <laughs> yeah. So this is a call in show, five eight six one eight hundred gets you on the air. We could ask us questions about any of this kind of stuff. Oh, and I have one thing more I want to talk about. Oh, here's a call. Okay, good morning, conversations. Yeah, I was wondering, um, blueberry bushes and huckleberry bushes, you know, I've got a bunch of them around my property, and I kind of try to, <clears throat> I cut those plants that overshadow them. Those, I don't know, they false azalea or something that overshadows them. Right. But what can I do? Could, would uh, I've heard putting coffee grounds at the base of them help them. And 
should I just sprinkle some 832.16 around there about this time of year to get them to really produce more, or will that help? That, of course, will help. Okay, we'll tell you on the air. Of course, that'll help. You know, the fertilizer that you add to it, they don't need a whole lot of fertilizer. One of the things about this particular environment is that the mycorrhizal association is so powerful that there are all these fungus in the soil that are feeding nutrients to the berries and to the that family, all those ericaceous, all those things that are like heather and rhododendrons and blueberries and Labrador tea. But keeping the other plants trimmed back from them so they get maximum amount of sunlight and they have good air circulation is a really good idea and it does definitely help them pro- produce more berries this last year was a real sketchy year for some places had berries and some places didn't have berries because our weather was so extreme and it went on a whole extra month from winter so uh it'll i think i I can't tell you for sure but i think anything that you can do to aid um your plants you should do it in the summertime when they're getting ready to set more berries this time of year, you don't really want to stimulate them to grow. What do you think about that, Dave? I mean, this is kind no, of late, I think you're right on them. late in the season for 832.16, which is a great fertilizer, uh, but it is a it, it will stimulate them to grow. Plus, 832.16 is what we refer to as a quick-release fertilizer. So it's available now, but everything in it is soluble. So right. it goes right away. So if you want to have, if you want to fertilize with something, Ideally, something that's really slow slow release, release. which would either be an organic-based fertilizer or something that's manufactured to be a slow-release fertilizer. And and there are those which are specially designed for low-temperature, high-rainfall areas like ours. Come see me. I'll show you one. Yeah, or call Dave or send him a text on the email. And he can uh, give you some references to varieties. Modern fertilizer, well, you know, everything changes over time. (coughs) And modern fertilizer is really designed to uh, release very slowly over a long period of time and release in specific amounts. Okay, so on kind of on that same thing, I'm really excited about the battery-driven still mower. Yeah. Because I take care of some places that I can't mow once it rains like this. It, the ground is just too wet, and I end up leaving big ruts where uh-huh. the mower runs, just not even doing anything but mowing. And uh, the battery-powered still mower should be lighter than my heavy-duty... Gas mowers? Gas mowers that I have, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. And it's a little bit smaller carriage. A little 19, smaller. 19 inches? 19 mows to 21, I think it said. Uh, so between 19 and 21 inches. And uh, everything that I read about it, we haven't tried one yet. I know, and, but and I really, if I can get a lighter weight for those really wet areas, I would just use it on those. And they do about 2,500 square feet. That's on what battery. it says on the, on the web, 2,500 square feet per battery charge. And it had, on the back of the machine, it has a slot for carrying an extra battery with you as you go along. Sure, so, sure. So... Uh, Having, a, having two batteries or maybe even three batteries, one that, that's being charged all the time would probably be a smart move. But they look to me like they would be a very lightweight and easy to maneuver thing. A Stacy at Tyler Rental sent me pictures of two forms they have today, and they're, uh, they look very attractive. Of course, we are still... Fanatics. Inv- 
investors because it's just so handy, uh-huh. you know. I mean, I'm using the still tools all the time out there maintaining. And uh, now that we're cutting things back in the perennial gardens and the ferns and, and the bleeding hearts and stuff, having that handheld trimmer is fab. Absolutely fabulous. And, you know, the thing about... Um, all those little handheld electric tools that you can get at Tyler Rental, those are so exciting. They're easy to use. And Tyler's got all this stuff. It's so exciting. Uh-huh. That little I chainsaw you bought me for, my, for uh, Father's Day, and yes. you bought me another chainsaw for my birthday. That was great. You know, I have a little one and a big one, and both of them are battery-powered, and they're silent, and I never have to worry, is it going to start? And I want to get the one that's the hedge trimmer that grabs onto your shoulders to keep it so you don't have to hold it up. I just was, can't wait. That to was just... such an interesting video. It was a man who had a harness on his shoulders with what looked like a fly rod out over the top of his head. To prune big hedges. With a, with a line going down from the end of the fishing pole to the handle of his long extension pruner. And so the weight of the pruner was, was transferred to his shoulders rather than being on his arms. Right. God, it looks so smart. How come I didn't think of that? I could have made my fortune forever. I don't know. That. We're going to have to get one. Okay. We're going to have to get one. <laughs> Stacy, can you find me one? I'll be looking for it. <laughs> okay. So uh, Landscape Alaska is still open, and we're going to be open on the weekends until we can't be. So we're starting to put everything away for the winter, just barely beginning. Good morning, Conversations. Good morning. Can, uh, can you speak to what... Uh um, how to cut back everything, and does everything need to be cut back, like peonies, lilies, geraniums, or is there anything that should be left? With, okay, um, yes, we'll be glad to talk about that. Sure, that's a good topic. Thanks for the question. So, uh, geranium, there's the perennial geranium. I don't know what the tech, and the other ones are called pelagoniums. Yeah, those the, the, the ones kind of bedding plants. The, They're pelagoniums. Uh-huh. And those can be house plants if you want them inside. Uh, because once they get too wet outside, they're going to melt anyway. So, but in terms of perennials, but yes, the geranium, the perennial geranium, that's you want to cut all those things back so they don't rot on the surface of the ground. That I think is really the key. Something that would rot on the surface of the ground, you want to cut it back. Right. Primroses, uh, but not the auricular or, primroses. Well, it's not going to hurt them. I mean, they'll still. Okay. They still produce, but yes, auricula are the bear's ears, mm-hmm. the real leathery ones. Something that looks, something which is fleshy that's going to live over the winter as a fleshy thing, you don't cut back. So like the burginia, you know, you don't cut that back in the in the fall because it's going to be... Because you're going to cut out the damage in the spring when... For it's it going to stay there all winter, right? You know, it won't look bad everywhere, but some places it does look bad and you need to cut it off then. So, but for most perennials... Peonies, lilies, bleeding hearts, bleeding hearts, primroses, hostas, foxglove, irises, delphiniums, all of those things you would cut back. Now, roses, you cut a certain way if you want to trim your rose. You don't cut it to the ground. You, you, prune, you need to go online and read about pruning roses. You don't cut your rhododendrons to the ground. But... Uh, a stillbees, you definitely would. And things that are multi-stem shrubs that you want to keep as a certain size, like spireas or, or those uh, creeping blueberries. or You can shear them. You right. don't cut them to the ground. You shape them so they're the size you want them to be, knowing they're going to grow 
three or four inches next year. But I usually wait for mine to drop all their leaves before I prune them just because it's easier to clean up. <laughs> Absolutely. And letting, letting the leaves drop first is really a, a, a labor-saving advantage there. I think so. Okay, you heard me say early in the show to send me an email if you want to get on our email list. But please do because that will allow you to, to take advantage of whatever sales, specials, and particular events that we you have. You know, and we really have some incredible perennials at the nursery right now. So for your springtime desire for the garden, plant now. Plant now for spring and early summer because it's it's getting harder and harder to get product in the nursery industry. And if you see something and you want it, buy it. <laughs> well, that's really the case. You know, We even bought stuff now because we know we're going to have a hard time getting it in the springtime from the last couple of years' experience. We had to wait nine months to get our order. We ordered it in February. Didn't right. come until September. <laughs> <laughs> but glad to have it, and now Absolutely. we have it. So we that's have... Right. Four different kinds of bee balm. We have a uh, moonshine yarrow, which is absolutely one of my favorites. We have all that hardy flocks, that, which is just great. We have uh, hardy geraniums. We still have the rosans and the veronicas. And the veronicas have been really stellar. Wow. Stellar, just blooming and blooming and blooming. If they were in and the ground, they would be even more prolific. All right, and you know the the things that bloom early in the spring are kind of uh, just barely a memory now. You know, we don't even think about that. But the things that are in flower now in our garden and are carrying the show into this end of the season, those are the things to look at right now and make sure that you have some of them in your yard. You know, those ones we were just mentioning, for instance. But, uh, you know, even though it's unpleasant outside with all the rain, that doesn't mean that you don't have breaks in the weather that you can't get out there and plant a gallon can of whatever. <laughs> Bee balm. Yarrow, That's right. Flux. Primroses. Boy, the spring-blooming primroses. We're now, loaded with primroses. And they have such huge leaves on them now. Mm -hmm. So we'll be cutting them back before long. But right now they look so big and glorious. You can see that they're just harvesting the light like mad and putting that energy into the ground. That's right. So that they can have just even more gigantic flowers in the springtime. So kind of like us. Even though we are not going to be on the air after today until springtime, uh, Landscape Alaska will still be available to reach out to on the emails. And uh, I'll be working. That's right. Give us a call if you want to talk to us. And if you want someone to come to your house and look around and help you with that, give me a call. And I can't guarantee that we'll have uh, anybody to come and do it right now because labor is so tight. We are... We've got a couple months of work now, and we'd really like to hire a couple more people. So if somebody has the uh, interest in doing this kind of work, please get in touch with us. I love it that I have the young guys that work for me this summer who have full-time jobs during the week come on Saturdays to work with me because on Saturdays I put lay out my big projects and have all the help I need, but I need, I need it all week long. I have more work than I can get to because I... I only have one person that works with me. There we go. Okay, so uh, come out and see me Saturday. It, we're there from, from uh, 10 to 4, and Sunday from 12 to 4. Fridays, most Fridays, 10 to 4. Give and if me you a haven't call. been to our nursery, it's a real sweet little place. It's, it's on the Back Loop Road. It's up above Goat Hill and above the lake. 
have lovely views, absolutely lovely views from there, and you feel like you're in a totally different world. There's no traffic noises, the sound of wildlife, big sky views. It's just, it's a it's delightful really sweet. place. It's really sweet. And, and uh, people come every weekend and say, I've never been here before. I so love it. I'm so surprised I've never seen it before. It's such a pretty place. So please, even if you're not in the mood to buy something, you want to come and walk around and look at some absolutely beautiful plant material, just beautiful plant material, please come along. Yeah, it's fun. You treat it like a botanic garden. Yeah, or kind of a coffee shop, except I don't have any coffee. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, we're coming to the end of our show. If you have any other questions, you're going to gonna, uh, contact us. And for people out of town, we're shipping stuff every week. We send stuff via the post office, via float planes, put larger quantities on the barges. If you want to have something sent to Sitka or Wrangell or Cake or even Ketchikan, big city, we're glad to do it. We can reach out to us and reach out through our website. There's a way to get in touch with us through the website. It's been a really hard year. All the people in Alaska have been real, really great and supportive to one another, and we got to keep that up. We're not out of this darn pandemic yet so no we're take not. care of your neighbors take care of your friends stick together that's right stay healthy everybody there's no question about it and we're all we're looking forward to seeing you again in the springtime talking to you in the springtime anyway i hope to see you before then so until next year april this is landscape alaska and we're wishing you all happy gardening